This is a medicinal mass network production. Enjoy. The following episode is brought to you by Old Bastard Whiskey and the number three. A ten hut truth seekers. Welcome back to the FBI Basement, the podcast where we watch and review every episode of the hit sci-fi TV series, The X-Files, because our orders come directly from the Pentagon. Today, our mission is to review The Walk, a story of astral vengeance at a VA hospital. I am Gunnery Sergeant Todd, and I am joined today by a platoon of wackos, conspiracy theorists, and kooks, whom I will now introduce... And when I do, you better sound off like you got a pair. Yes, sir. Uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, mister. I don't have a pair. You guys are going to be peeling <laughs> potatoes later, I tell you that right now. All right, first, we have self-published author, fact checker, and expert sniper, Lieutenant Shannon. Still don't have a pair. And our resident artist, professional frightener, and demolitions expert, Corporal Oddite Delight, Marissa. Uh, hi. And finally, the commanding officer of the Medicinal Mass Network, and our producer, currently under court-martial for conduct unbecoming an officer, Brigadier General Valentine. I once killed a man with a big lighter. Okay, so was he holding the big lighter, or did you, or was the big lighter the murder? <laughs> I think the implication yeah. was that it was the murder weapon. Okay. okay. Burnt him to death, yo. Okay, that's enough of that. Before uh, That's enough uh, of that because I don't want to um, uh, get called out for stolen valor here. Uh. <laughs> what a very good impersonation of uh, George Patton, as played by George G. Scott, mimicked by Johnny Knoxville and Jackass, the movie. All right, uh, each- I don't remember which one. I'm sorry. Right, so uh, each and every episode of the FBI Basement is brought to you free at the point of service because, honestly, we love doing it. But if you like what you hear and want to hear more, you can support us through our Patreon, which you can now find at our URL, medicinalmass.com. A donation as little as $1 will get you access to all sorts of extra audio and video goodies and access to our Discord server where audio sausage is made. And uh, we're moving We've moved to a new Discord server that encompasses not just the basement, but the entirety of the medicinal mass network. Right? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a couple things. Yeah, it's many things. Medicinal mass network. It's We've entirely, nothing. it's entirely a couple things. And Oddite, it's also nothing. Oddite delight art is going to be great. Come and uh, join us on the Patreon and see where where things happen. All right, now, if you're uh, short on cash, it costs absolutely nothing to rate and review us on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice or share us with your friends and family any way you can. And, or inflict us on your neighbors at three o'clock in the morning as because always, that dog will not stop barking. As always, though, your listenership is enough. The Walk is the seventh episode of the third season, originally airing in November 10th, 1995. It's a Monster of the Week written by John Shiban and directed by Rob Bowman. And we got some guest stars here. Do we? Yeah, yeah. Um, Would you like to tell me about those guest stars? I can tell you that uh, Lieutenant Victor Stan- Lieutenant Colonel Victor Stans was previously featured in Conduit and Sleepless. Yes. 
and it was played by it was Don Thompson, right? And uh, Daryl Hayes, who plays the Army Doctor, was uh, was uh, in Shadows and Little Green Men. Yeah, this kind of goes back to something that Marissa and I kind of talk about: how that you see kind of the same bit players over and over again, and this sort of weird little conspiracy headcanon thing. Well, we hang have. on, hang on. Are we talking about the uh, what you might call it, mm, the janitor? Because he comes up way later. Uh, you and I talked about this at one point where it's like, where they end up like, I, you and I talked about it when we were uh, looking at, what was it? It was EBE. And then like the same actor plays the tram car operator that somehow dies from being pistol whipped. It's a simulation. Yeah. I, you had postulated that to me. I don't remember when, but we were like, huh, that is weird. Well, uh, before we get started, we have a word from our men and women in uniform. Oh, also, you forgot that Willie Farrison is in this episode. Oh, I did? Yes. How could I have forgotten? You have no idea who I'm talking about. That's why. Uh, for those of you who are fans of White Collar, uh, Willie Farrison uh, played Mozzie and White Collar. But we all were more interested in Matt Bomer because he's so fucking hot. Right. Uh, now, before we get to our recap, we have a brief word from our men and women in uniform. I have the capacity and therefore the duty to contribute to the development of myself, my associates, and our planet simultaneously now. I will organize a self-supporting high commando group that will create and perform evolutionary breakthrough actions on behalf of people and planet. One people, one planet. I will then pass this concept to others who are capable of generating further self-organizing commando teams. I will wait the time when my group can connect naturally with others at a higher and higher levels of awareness and performance. The Natural Guard. Join today, the 1st Earth Battalion. <laughs> that we need to sort of quickly explain what the sam hill is the first first earth battalion they're the people who sponsored that ad uh but also they are a side effect of project stargate which had many other names such as clarence and suzanne and i made those up uh such as gondola wish grill flame central lane sunstreak and scadanti George Clooney, okay, Ewan McGregor, that. Jeff Bridges. Uh, Such a good movie. We're going to get this a little bit later on in the episode, but um, uh, right now we're going to start with the teaser. And it begins at an army hospital in Fort Evanston, Maryland, where Dr. Hibbert from The Simpsons is looking over the file of Lieutenant Colonel Sands. <laughs> okay, is that also the same place that they shot, God, what was the horrible episode? With, like, the ghost rape. The ghost rape episode. I don't remember. With oh, with uh, Adam man. Sandler's grandma. I think there's a lot of those. Yeah, I, this a lot happens of those frequently. from my memory, I don't know. Oh my god, I can't remember the name. Lieutenant Colonel Stans is an apparent burn victim who looks absolutely miserable. Apparently he's attempted suicide three times in as many weeks. And though the doctor sees the attempts as a cry for help, Stans believes that someone is refusing to allow him to die. When the doctor asks who, Stan only nods towards a small mirror in his room. When the doc leaves his unrestrained suicidal patient to get him a sedative, Stan gets 
You noticed that too, right? The first of many insensitive um, suicide um, bullshits in this episode. Uh, you noticed I, that, yeah. <laughs> I, as far as I understand, this is pretty much the treatment in every VA hospital, but I can't think of anywhere that has a psychiatric wing where it's like, oh, you're suicidal? Allow me to get you a sedative without and just leave you here with this door open so you can certainly go harm yourself uh, yeah no it's oh man to the person who wouldn't let him die do you think he was talking about the man in the mirror do you think he I, should ask him to change his ways let's avoid michael jackson okay. at this point <laughs> in history oh no oh oh yes okay. i went there but you know he does he just leaves this guy straight up and of course like Two seconds after he's out of the room, Stans gets up and heads down the hall to make attempt number four in the hydrotherapy room. So I also mm. like that they allowed him to have a sheet. Just saying. Locking the door behind him, he turns on the whirlpool, which goes from room temperature to a rolling boil in a matter of seconds. Is that how science works? Is that how that works? He's ready to cook himself like a lobster, and he sits a foot up in the pool... <laughs> I wonder if he'll squeak. When a voice calls out to him, stand down, Lieutenant Colonel. Looking up, he sees the image of another soldier at standing at attention at the door, but he defies the order and hops screaming into the scalding water. Like a lobster. That's yeah, how he, you know they're cooked, is that they scream. The door unlocks by itself and the fire alarm gets pulled by an unseen hand. A pair of firefighters are on the scene quickly to how? stand cool. How are they just like are they hanging on out like at the bottom at like the reception desk? Like, you know what we do? Fight fires, save. Well, kittens. he he looked hard boiled, so what I give him like was it like ten minutes, eight minutes, something like that? Probably. I think they they pull him up, he's covered head to toe in horrors, but somehow he's still alive. I told you, he says after they coughing up some steaming hot water. He won't let me die. Now, we get our first bit of horror makeup here in the episode, right? Um, you could tell they couldn't leave him in the water long, because everywhere they're touching him, there's no actual makeup, just, like, pigment, just color put down. <laughs> the real problem I have with this fucking guy is he, he's saying he's not allowed to kill himself. And why the hell would he choose to just become a burn victim? Like, if he knew he was going to get, like, prevented from, like, what is the logic behind that? Well, I mean, yeah, it's like... I mean, if at first you don't succeed. Just suffer I, forever? <laughs> like, he's so certain, and then he goes and tries again anyway. It's like, what? Jump from the building. Don't, like, start peeling your skin off. Like, <laughs> I'll die someday. Theme music time. Don't have a gag for this one. Just do this. Rock Lobster! Down, down. <laughs> Rock Lobster! Three weeks later, the agents play Stan a, pay, play Stan's a visit. And uh, he's now wearing the, the the plastic face mask. Yeah, yeah. He looks like um, the bad guy from the Fifth Element's grandpa. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was going to go with... Um, I was going to say a cheese pizza, but that's me. Um, also, <laughs> also fun fact, you cannot actually die physically while burning because guess how long it takes your body to burn to death. Guess how long it takes your body to burn. How long? Seven hours. You will die of oh. smoke inhalation first. Jeez. Yeah. Well, you could have drowned. 
Yes. Yeah. And actually, that would have been more likely that, like, because your lung tissue is so delicate and gentle and fragile, uh, more likely he would have suffocated from burns inside his lungs, but somehow didn't. What if you what if you suspended their heads so that they were above water and they could breathe? How long could you boil a person and what temperature? Let's um, get the specifics here. I, I yeah, mean, let's let's certainly make my Google searches just more horrifying. <laughs> okay, so um, hang on, one comment. He, he looks like spam when you first open the can. Oh. <laughs> he looks like Gary Oldman. He looks like Gary Oldman's character in Hannibal, right? He looks like several versions of Gary Oldman at the same time. <laughs> the the yeah. Oldman homunculus. <laughs> He does look like he was carved out of liverwurst, yes. We could literally do this for the next hour, and it's going to be more interesting than the episode. I feel like it's like Ryan Reynolds and TJ Miller ad-libbing in, on, in the Deadpool, right? <laughs> oh, that's right. He looks worse than the 50 miles of bad road he was dragged along. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, okay. Stans believes himself to be haunted by a soldier always standing in attention, either a GI or one of Saddam's boys looking for a little payback. He attributes the loss of his wife and children to an apparent arson caused by the specter, who foils his suicide attempts to prolong his suffering. Scully passes Mulder a note saying that the symptoms are classic shell shock or PTSD. It's not PTSD. That is not what that note says. What does it say? It's PT. It's post-traumatic stress syndrome. 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 He's like superhero or a supervillain. Yeah, not not disorder, which I think that's I, it's a fairly decent nomenclature for the time. But because it, it, we did not it, because people are still trying to understand PTSD and we still don't have a very good grip on it. OK, so the interview is interrupted. Captain Draper and they join her in the hall and she demands that the agents suspend their investigation under the order of General Callahan as their presence on the base is a breach of protocol and Scully's claws come out. I was gonna say this is when they start circling and hissing, and they're and they and they get the hump right in the middle. You're like, and oh, shit's Mul- about to go down. <laughs> and then they cut to Mulder, and he's like, I, I, I want them to fuck. He's got his like, hand in his pocket, like, yeah, never like been more turned on. Mulder really just wants to fuck this, like this moment. And Draper looks gobsmacked about it. But, but what? Uh, Scully basically demands that Callahan make himself available to speak with them after they finish interviewing Stans. And uh, I say, leave it to a Navy brat like Scully to know how to deal with military bureaucracy, right? This is familiar ground for her, I feel. Yeah, the next thing that she should have just said is, my dad is Captain Scully. You will do what I say, kind of thing. Dad was Captain. Shut up! He's still (laughs) alive! And in the Stargate, you fuck! Uh, He is, actually. He really is, actually. He's protecting the Stargate, actually. He's General Hammond. um, Yeah, he is the Fog Gatekeeper. Uh, the confrontation was observed by a squirrely-looking orderly named Roach, who does an about-face with his mail cart and wheels it into the group therapy room. He's also on Stargate. Yeah, he was also on Stargate, but he's Mosey as well. He's Mosey. Group therapy is hosting several amputees. Uh, one describes the dream of being able to walk once more, but a quadriplegic named Leonard Rappo Trimble is apparently still in the anger phase of his healing journey. Jean-Claude so, Van No Arms and man, I was like, this is the saddest AA meeting ever until I saw there was some <laughs> lack. Also, it it that room is very white and very white. 
very, very white. Yes, it is. Maybe, uh, maybe ethnic people are just able to dodge bullets and better. Well, I mean, when you're talking about like somewhere like six percent of the armed <laughs> services are like Hispanic, and then like seven percent are uh, African American, that that's a little weird. Oh, did you Look want me Richard to just call prior bit? <laughs> White people oh, did... walking through the jungle. <laughs> After an outburst toward the group and the therapist, Rappo calls for Roach to wheel him out. And on their way down the hall, Roach, who who served with Rappo, nervously informs him that the FBI were investigating the LC. But Rappo is dismissive. The hell with the feds, Roach. You hear me? The hell with them. Just forget about them. The aforementioned feds enter the general's office to a frosty reception, but Scully is still in a fighting mood. Seems the details of the fire that killed his wife and kids were left out of Stan's file, and there, there was no arson investigation made. Mulder quickly points out that another soldier had lost his family in a similar way and found his own suicide attempt stymied until he managed to Bushimi himself in a wood chipper on the base. Oh man, I love some Bushimi. It's really good with like yaki udon and some tempura the general gets defensive about his role in the tragedy of both men's lives and scully gives him a look that could burn through humvee armor and the agents leave intending to draw their own conclusions will they be the wrong conclusions because i feel like they're going to be the wrong conclusions in the hydrotherapy room scully believes that the general is trying to protect his men from prosecution for the deaths of their families either out of some sense of loyalty or responsibility or knowledge knowledge he has of the ways that, that they were driven to such acts, like chemical weapons they may have been exposed to in the Gulf, and Gulf War Syndrome. Oh, fuck again? Mulder is curious as to how such a well-planned suicide could have missed the detail of locking the one entrance to the room. Because Mulder is someone who has thought about his own suicide many times. Back in his office, a beleaguered General Callahan sends Draper home for some R&R <laughs> and goes to pour himself a scotch, but... The of his office window, he sees the phantom soldier telling him that his time has come, as just as had been told to Stans. The general rushes out to an empty hallway. When he returns his answering machine, he begins to play ghostly gibberish. Paul is a dead man. Miss him. Miss him. Wait. No? <laughs> no it's not that one? Oh. And uh, other spooky things until he removes the tape. Draper decided to take a late night swim in her off time. As she backstrokes through the pool all alone, she sees a, another shadow come to to her, promote, prompting her to freak out. I fucking she, hate that. Uh, she That's swims why I don't swim her. in open water. That's not even open water. That's like the why. I know. It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get my feet while I'm swimming. I can't see it. Um, <sighs> God damn. I... She swims to the edge, but an invisible force pulls her back into the chlorinated watery grave. And the next morning, General Callahan looks shaken as they fish her out of the water. But not stirred. Wait. Scully is there to find the telltale signs of strangulation, though the security saw nobody but her enter the pool. Also, no lifeguard on duty? What the hell? Yeah, that's that's the most... Yeah, no. Mulder believes that Callahan may be the next target and warns him to keep an eye on his family, and suddenly the general is much more cooperative, telling Mulder all about what he had seen in his office and the strange phone calls that coming to his home as well. Back at the Callahan residence, the general's son Trevor plays with a very intense game of Risk by himself. When the mail arrives at the <laughs> I just like that this kid is like, Mom! Mail! He goes back to his toys, but sees a figure get up and move into the house. Alerting this is his where I shit myself. Yeah. 
alerting his mother, Francis, to the presence of the man. She goes to check outside. Why? Because the kid said the guy was in the house. And as she does so, we see Roach move down the hall. Okay, so I I just, um, I would like to point out that she's not very bright. This is a woman who gives her child army soldiers to play with when she's not buying him a fucking Game Boy. Right. It's the 90s. Why doesn't he have an electronic game, Mom? A few minutes later, the general arrives. Francis is still freaked out. The agents go with the general to hear the recording while Scully looks around uh, several pictures and commendations on the wall. Out the window, she catches a glimpse of a man hurry, running through the backyard. They go to investigate, they see his tracks in Trevor's sandbox and decide to call in the military police. But they're, but, but they're the FBI. Back at the hospital, Roach returns to Rappo, presenting him with mail stolen from Callahan's house, but saying that his brush with the feds was too close for comfort. Rappo angrily rebukes him, saying it had been in that wheelchair if it weren't for Roach, and reminding him about the higher purpose they are striving for. Hey, this isn't about you and me, man. This is about all the grunts and all the crips and all the boys who came back home in a box. The enemy must be defeated, and we're going to do it. You're going to go do your part, and I'm going to do mine. Satisfied that Roach is still in, Rappo calls for the nurse. Stans gets wheeled into the two. The two regard each other. Stans with sorrow and shame and Rappo with nothing but utter contempt. So, um, question. Do you know how many uh, troops died in the first Gulf War? Do you? No, I do not. Because I do. Thanks, Greg. Actually, the the total casualties of the first Persian Gulf War were incredibly low, even for United States uh, soldiers. In fact, actually, the biggest casualty is a friendly fire accident. Most of that being, uh, it's like 134, half of those were friendly fire. Actually, the worst incident affecting United States soldiers uh, was when a Al-Hussein missile attack actually killed 28 reservists. Uh, actually, about 480, uh, 28 were wounded. A lot of this is because it's one of the first wars that actually used technology as opposed to uh, entrenched combat. Basically, we were shooting each other with missiles. That, of course, doesn't count for the countless deaths of Iraqis and Kurds uh, and some really horrible fucking torture that we did in the first Gulf War. Thank you. Now, thank you, Greg. And now a word from our sponsor. I really want to be doing a different podcast than this one. Back at the general's place, which is now swarming with MPs, Mulder is listening to the tape with the intensity he usually reserves for Rush's moving pictures. I thought it was going to be the gibberish at the end of um, Sergeant Peppers. When Scully comes in and announces they have more than just ghostly voices to go. Roach got sloppy, leaving behind a few fingerprints that led the agents to the M- and the MPs right to his apartment. After taking him in, the agents find stolen mail inside inside a bug-covered drawer with the names of all the targeted soldiers. Scully seems satisfied with the job well done, but Mulder looks rather unsatisfied. <laughs> he's, got, he's, got, <laughs> he's got the conspiracy blue, blue balls, balls again. yeah. It's not going to end. This doesn't end for you, Mulder. I'm sorry, buddy. Back at Callahan's place, uh, Trevor has dug himself an implausibly deep trench into the sandbox, and he's playing with his army men under somewhat lax supervision of an MP. For fuck's sake, somebody get this kid a Game Boy Advance. I'm surprised (laughs) that the sandbox goes that deep. He's going to China. But the trench becomes his own grave as an invisible 
force buries him under the sand. Actually, the, the, the effect here kind of reminded me of Sandman from Spider-Man 3. Is that what fucking happened? He died in the sandbox? I, I didn't even see what killed him. He was suffocated in sand. The MP was right there. The MP turned away to have a smoke. Like, it's the it's the worst on-screen death I in this show so far. The worst. Sand. Oh, Which is man. interesting because sand is kind of porous and also suffocation is really hard to like maybe it, the kid had really brittle bones and the weight of the sand coming down on him just crushed him. He was just a bitch. Maybe you know what? He may have been a hemophiliac. We don't know. There's just there's no way to know. His he could have regret bled. is that he has bonitis. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Uh, the agents question Roach about the killings and the accomplice he must have. Mulder wants to know how he managed to get past all the security, and Roach protests that he's just the mailman. Rappo's mailman. The agents go to see Rappo, but finding him asleep and a quadruple amputee, they seem to have reached a dead end. But as they leave, we see Rappo twitching intensely in his sleep. Yeah. <laughs> hold the door. Hold the door. Hold the door. Hold the door. No one, oh, no one else, huh? I got it. <laughs> when All I could think of was Julie Mao. In his holding cell, Roach is having a little freak out, saying that he knows this place, he's been here, I'm not safe here. And as the guard is having none of it, Gully and Mulder arrive an hour later to find him dead in his cell of apparent suffocation with his bed sheet shoved down his throat. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Scully and then Scully's like, it's an apparent suicide. Mulder's like, what? No, no, Mulder has this week's crackpot theory. <gasps> do, do, like do, she do, grabs do. her phone and she immediately texts him a smiley face and says, like, I got a fresh one. Okay. Like, she's so excited. She doesn't get to do the autopsy here. Like, she literally, she's like, it's an apparent suicide. It was shoved down his throat. That's suicide. Uh, if, you've ever, if you've been eagle-eyed this episode, you might have noticed Mulder carrying around a dental x-ray plate. I didn't notice that, and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? And apparently they've all been exposed to some kind of radiation, he believes, from the Phantom Soldier. He thinks that Rappo is astral projecting himself to torment those he feels are responsible for the suffering of himself and his fellow wounded warriors. And that he needed Roach to provide him with a physical connection to the places he could project he also had the recording of the strange message messages, which he played backwards to reveal the words, your time has come, killer, your time has come. I love this. How, how long do you think he's done this to everyone else? Like, do, you, do my dry cleaning, your time has come. Uh, make me a sandwich, your time, your time has come. And then finally he's like, climb out the window, your time has come. And they just fucking do it. Like, you think he does other tasks first, or is it just makes him kill himself? Oh my God, I've got it. He's John Cena, isn't he? <laughs> because you can't see him his time is now I have only had half of that and I am pretty drunk uh, Mulder and Scully confront Rappo and Mulder lays down lays the accusation on him Rappo of course finds the idea absurd you're a real trip oh I'm a trip because I figured you out you're a soldier you knew what you were getting to and you enlisted now you want to blame everybody else why do you blame your co's mumble mumble <laughs> i blame him for what happened to all of us you don't know what it was like you sat home and watched the war on cable tv like it was a damn video game 
You have no idea what the guys that died about the blood, the sand. God, the sand. It's fucking what it feels like when a hit comes. Says, you just don't care, do you? You got your crude oil. You just changed that station, right? Killer got his prime time. LC got his fancy little medals. Now take a good look at me. What did I get? Nobody knows how I feel. It took my life away. So you took theirs, mom. <laughs> if I only could. I'm... Now, if you're through questioning me, I'd like to get a little shut eye. No sleepwalking. <laughs> That's good. I haven't heard that one yet. Hardy har har. The agents leave as they call as they call to warn Callahan and his wife to get out of their house. They are there, grieving the loss of their son as his wife puts up his green army men that had been left scattered on the floor. The general goes to pour himself a drink, but the phantom soldier appears again. I feel like this marriage was not loving for a very long time. Following a trail of bloody boot prints leading to her body, he becomes stricken with grief, pulling a pistol from his desk and loading it as he ignores the incoming phone call. And so he pulled out his guy. I feel like one of them loved the other one more, and it had been like that for years. He looked I, less like sad, more like he had to take a shit. <laughs> like I could have sworn to God he was going to pick up that phone, and I would have died laughing. He's a military man, and you know they 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 they're trained to you know not feel emotions. I kind of feel like she was literally waiting for either that kid to go to college or be killed, because you know, like the next thing that would have come out of her mouth had she not died would have just been. If John, I died I falling down the stairs, it wasn't it wasn't an accident. <laughs> It wasn't the owls. John, I think we should see other people. I also think he was fucking Captain Draper. I really do. With their interactions, I think he was fucking her. It's a valid theory. Yeah, I mean, no. No, that whole interaction, it's like, I think she knew. And she was just like, this marriage has been loveless. I've only been staying for Trevor. Which, by the way, I'm taking Trevor and we're changing his name to something less dumb. I don't know. Continue. He pays a visit to Stans, telling him that he was right that he wouldn't let them die. To illustrate the point, he puts the gun to his head and pulls the trigger several times, eliciting only harmless clicks. Stand well, that's down. what happens when you try to commit suicide with a fucking replica. He kills an entire, uh, an entire room of people in the <laughs> next door. Like a, a, a think, victim's family's next door. And he just fucking I, I, I think he just killed everyone in that support group. Like uh, Not yet. Hold no. on. <laughs> While we're clearing this up, I'd like to remind everyone that the FBI Basement Podcast is brought to you by Morley Brand Cigarettes. The only cigarettes whose smooth flavor can soothe the aching soul of a failed science fiction writer. Me? Is that me? Uh, Stans looks up and says he knows who it is. Callahan marches purposefully down to Rappo's room where Rappo is cheerfully waiting on him. He admits to killing his wife and child and tries to goad him into emptying the clip of his gun into him. Callahan fires four times. This is where they land in some poor schmuck in the next room. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, like in the like next to that room is probably the support group. It's like, who has something to, to share this week with the, oh God. Yeah, uh, he basically fires into the wall, not wanting to give Rappo the easy way out, that he should suffer like the rest of them. The agents arrive as Callahan is leaving, but they find Rappo in a kind of trance. A scully calls for the nurse. Mulder tries to catch up with the general, but is cut off by the elevator door. Lift seems to ignore the lobby command and takes Callahan down to the sub-basement where Rappo's astral-projected voice taunts him and, and causes all manner of psychokinetic weirdness. Steam shoots from Vince and we can see the outline of the Phantom 
as he chases the general into a hydrotherapy brings the heat. Why didn't he just do that all along? Why did he have to take somebody's body? Mulder arrives via the staircase. I don't think he ever possessed a body. Yeah, he did. He was causing radiation in the limbs that he was taking control of. Okay. Um, that is a valid point, Valentine. I'm glad you brought it up. And to answer your question, Mulder goes where now? Uh, Mulder goes down the stairwell. Can't get in through the elevator. And then he steps into a banana cream pie and wait. <laughs> and then he looks around and then he still gets hit anyways. No, I never saw him. He never actually possessed any per- anyone in the. Um, uh, in I could have sworn that was the implication. Well, I'm glad that you brought up that implication. And that is a very good point, Valentine. So Mulder steps in the banana cream pie. <laughs> um, Mulder arrives via the staircase, but he's knocked uh, knocked out by Ra- uh, by Rappo's projection. He's once again it's a situation where Scully is not seeing the weird shit, and Mulder's like Scully is getting coffee and chicken and is bitching about Mulder and like the nurses station, and she's like, "I feel ya. Doctors don't trust me either. You want to just go outside and have a cigarette with me?" And she's like, "I don't smoke." Well, it's not that kind of cigarette. And then I I literally am now going to just devolve into like a lesbian fantasy with Scully and this unnamed nurse played by Rosario Dawson. Uh, elsewhere in the hospital, Lieutenant Stans is headed towards Rappo's room where Scully and the nurse find Rappo to be unresponsive. They leave the room briefly, briefly for a crash cart. And that's somehow enough time Stans needs to get into the room and lock the door. Like clearly this guy wasn't moving swiftly or silently. <laughs> You can like barely walk looks at this point. Like he, he's like got an orgasm to be able to have this power or something. He's got orgasm face the entire time. Oh, yeah, that is a major O face there, yeah. Scully can only watch horrified as Stans puts an end to it all by smothering Rappo with a pillow. As the deed is done, the phantom assaulting Mulder and, and the general fades. Stan sits in bed and, and looks to Scully. Later, Mulder writes up his report as we see a montage of the survivors. Is this where he writes in his diary the report? That's right. Wait a second. Scully, <laughs> Scully just witnessed somebody murder somebody in bed. With yeah, and she's like, actual evidence legit. that he was astral projecting into a room that she had no idea what was happening to Mulder. Exactly. Like they weren't they weren't like linked up like aliens. Like he's coming. He's he's right behind you. Like she had no fucking clue what was going on. She just watched somebody smother this dude. <laughs> Yeah, and she's like, okay, seems legit. I've wanted to do that too. Have a great life. Later days. Now, here's a couple, here's a weird thing. I'm going to read through this final monologue and then I'm going to add some things that add some things that were apparently in the closed captioning but not actually spoken in the in the episode because this is kind of weird. No evidence was found linking Leonard Tremble to the deaths of General Callahan's wife and son, Mumble. Officially, the case remains open. The murder is unsolved. <laughs> Leonard Trimble's family requested his burial at Arlington National Cemetery. The Army denied this request. Trimble was cremated, and his ashes interred at a civilian cemetery in Tallahassee, Tannersville, Pennsylvania. Bumble. Leonard Trimble's mission was not to kill his enemies, but to shatter their lives and to keep them alive, to suffer the pain that he felt, to see the view from his wheelchair. Amputees feel the pain of phantom limbs, ghosts of hands still clenching, legs still aching, mumble mumble. Is it not possible that Trimble developed a phantom soul, a malevolent psyche that took revenge on those he held accountable? No. It, it was no. It was war that destroyed Leonard Trimble's body, 
but his <laughs> wounds ran deeper than the loss of his limbs. What destroyed those parts of him made us make us human beings? Those better angels of our nature? I cannot say. Now, okay, I'm going to go off script a little bit because there was more information revealed when I looked at the transcript and saw the closed captioning. According to the closed captioning that didn't get, the Army Board of Inquiry declined to press charges against Lieutenant Colonel Victor Stans after a lengthy investigation. Stans was released from the hospital and posted under medical supervision at Fort Evans. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Why? Um, Oh, you've only got like an active murder that occurs with an FBI agent witnessing it. Oh, yeah, just let that slide under the table. You know, who knows? Oh, no, it was fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. But uh, like after the guy got, the guy's done shooting the room full of uh, burn victims family and uh, he walks out. It's like, I'm done here. And he's as he walks away, he's like, I have to go report my wife's death. Yeah. You know, and, and like it, it, at the end of it, like the, the, the yeah. And, and stands is becomes the mailman. And apparently the and apparently the CEO keeps his job. Yeah, everything's fine. Despite all of the deaths surrounding him, you'd think that, you'd, okay, we need to reassign some people here. No. No, everything's this fine. this guy up here gloves or something. National like Influence handling paper all the time. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. uh, so, by the way, fun fact, the military cannot deny a request uh, to be buried in Arlington. Uh, the only people who are actually denied burial, uh, there's actually a, a weird case about it that's not so much this. But in theory, you cannot be denied it unless you were dishonorably discharged. So what the fuck? Why was this guy not buried there based okay. on this monologue? Uh, this episode was meh. Uh, and I think that it was uh, Yeah. There was, there was a layer of crazy that was missing here. Um, and I, I think that, that and, I, and it may have been done because this episode was in development and shooting before the appropriate documents became declassified. Shannon, you've got a, a little bit of info on this. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You and I had talked about it a little bit before we were recording. Um, and Marissa and I frequently talk about it because it involves goats and Ewan McGregor and George Clooney. And it's great. Um, yeah. Uh, you and I had <laughs> talked about astral projection and something called project Stargate, uh, which uh, last time I heard a podcast talk about it, I leaned out the window and started screaming about the Fawgate. But it's a uh, program that started in the 70s and actually only closed, I think, in 95 when all of this was declassified. Uh, basically doing this shit with astral projection and, you know, telekinesis and psychology. And uh, basically we did it because we thought the Russians could. Because the Cold War is fucked up, boys and girls. Yeah, and like remote viewing comes out of this, and it's like it's a weird offshoot of MK Ultra, which was real and did kill people. But yeah, it was uh, fronted by a man by the name of Major General Albert Stubine. Oh, yeah. Mr. Stubine, he's great. He also is dead now. Yeah, it was a remote, there was remote viewing. It was actually something that went on. Uh, one of the people that was a part of it was actually Yuri Geller. It would have been a great use uh, and would have been actually a really fun thing to have put in. It would have been a good little layer. I think it also was an episode that made more sense if you just remove Persian Gulf and insert Nam. No, I mean, and I'm saying this because it's like that casualties were really low uh, on the American side. Uh, in fact, the people who, the most people who died in the Gulf War that were foreign nationals, not counting 
uh, the Kurds who were horribly slaughtered uh, and, you know, Iraqis who were living there were actually Israelis. More Israelis died than American soldiers in the first Gulf War. Val, you got something? Um, I did. <laughs> fuck, what the fuck was I going to say? <laughs> do, do you need to go back to the Stargate? Oh, yeah, wait, actually. <laughs> do, we need, do we need to talk about Man Who Stared Goats? Oh, uh, no, you know, Stargate, keep keep the Goa wooled out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> has anyone else had the experience of astral projection? I uh, can't say as I have. <laughs> uh, we used to joke that that's why I was always so tired, is that I would astral project. I experienced it once. I experienced oh. it one time, and it was a lot like the uh, sleep par- paralysis experiences. I- okay. I'd say it felt like I was like floating around the room, but, you know. You never so know. Let, let me ask you when you experienced it, did, did it even come close to a point where you thought you could like psychically assault? Someone? That's the, that, that, that's the, 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 where they're taking what? No, might definitely be not. Yeah. Yeah. No, it felt like a lucid dream. And the, the more I thought about it, the more I got sucked back into my body. So it's not necessarily something that, so it's like, it's something that is possible, but they have sort of taken it kind of to the next level of ridiculousness here. Yeah. I was probably just dreaming. <laughs> Okay. I, I was going to say it's more than likely probably just sleep paralysis. Marissa? I don't know. I've come pretty close. But I, I agree to uh, to the point that they, they they were missing out on something by not bringing up all these projects. It's because of the show, yeah. the whole direction the show kind of goes in. And the other thing hey, is that, would... the pool scene yeah. is like obviously inspired a shitload of movies to try to do the same thing. I feel like that there is maybe other movies that may have inspired that as well. Um, Jaws. <laughs> Jaws. Are, we, are, Jaws. We, are, you, are you telling me? Friday the 13th comes to mind. Um, Actually, oh, wow, that's right. The, shadow, the yeah. Chasing Shadows kind of reminded me of the, the creature from the Black Lagoon. That Cat people. Creature, that scene where the creature is just sort of swimming along with the girl. Cat people. That oh, just anyway. freaks me out. I hate, I hate being in water and something like grabbing you. None of that. Cat people. I'm just going to say. I feel like the X Files were the first people to try to take an invisible body form and push it through smoke or water. I'm talking visually. What's that Kevin Bacon movie? Was it Uh, Hollow Man? Man There's an image on the Discord towards the bottom. It's so quick in the X Files. I doubt it's CGI. Maybe it's just drawn on. When was Hollow Man? Yeah, but they try the Hollow Man Ah. effect. I think for the first time, not with bandages or or gimmicks, but with fog and, and water. Uh, Hollow Man is 2000. Okay. And there is also a oh. sequel starring Christian Slater? Really? Yes. There was Hollow Man 2 starring Christian Slater. Ugh. God forbid that the X-Files is another thing from a popular horror movie. Wonk wonk. Wonka waka. This podcast is brought to you by Old Bastard Whiskey. The top whiskey enjoyed by old bastards nationwide. I'm talking about the kind of man that won't cop to being a racist, but will take every chance he gets to beat up a Mexican or just proudly display a Confederate flag. That's an old bastard. Old Bastard Whiskey. Asked for it by name. I'll place my knapsack on my back, my rifle on my shoulder. I'll march away to the firing line. Kill that Yankee soldier. I'll kill that Yankee soldier. I'll march away. Okay.
Okay, uh, before we get to our final uh, scores for this episode, um, I'm going to uh, disseminate some information about our other projects and upcoming things going on. Uh, first off, uh, this podcast comes to you via the Medicinal Mass Network, which Valentine will tell you all about. Yeah, if you uh, look in the links below, you'll find uh, links to all of our stuff, as well as our Discord now will be in the show links. You can come look at all of the zany things we got going on here. Uh, no nudes, please. Send the nudes via PM. That's what I'm saying. That's what, uh, you know. Uh, speaking of nudes, um, uh, <laughs> our resident artist is Marissa Leterio, and sometimes she'll draw, draw things that are not safe for work. Uh, tell say that, Marissa. <laughs> Don't say that. No, I'll draw literally anything, and I'm really, I, I, I'm, I'm really reasonably priced too. <laughs> you can click on my link Commission. and uh, do, do, do that. Yeah. Sometimes you can actually see her draw live, Cario TV. with large breaks in between. <laughs> okay. Uh, and obscenities. Shannon also writes books. Oh, okay, that's true. Find them at. Well, if you're looking for a really good book series, I would like to recommend The Expanse. Uh, you can actually get all of those on Amazon, as well as watch the show on Amazon Prime. They have all the seasons, including um, the ones that were on Sci-Fi. It has Thomas Jane uh, as Miller, who is Best Pony. What about your book? What about them? They are not an Amazon original production. But you can find them on Amazon. You can find them on the Amazon, or you can also go check out SC Huff Rights. Eventually, I will update that website. Okay, for me personally, I have a couple of things. I have a couple of irons in the fire. Uh, he just recently built a retro pie. That's it. That's uh, all he's got. Actually, I'm going to be. To, we're going to be trying to stream. To not stream, I guess. We're going to do some let's plays. No spoilers just yet. Just say I'm going to be the very best, like no one ever was. <laughs> really? It's going to be great. Who's that, Todd? Let's get some final scores. I'm going to give this one um, a dishonorable discharge. Shannon? Court Martial in seven years in Leavenworth. Marissa? One out of five astral projected hand jobs. And Valentine? Uh, we'll give this episode uh, two out of four limbs. Right. Get some. <laughs> get some. Get some. <laughs> okay. Uh, now... What's happening next week, Shannon? Hey, do you guys really like this thing that we're on with psychic energy? I, uh... Great, because next week it will be another episode about psychic energy and projections and I think a serial killer who may or may not be uh, based on someone. I don't know. I haven't done the research yet. Um, yeah, that, that's what we're going to do. Abelette. Would this also be in a hospital or a prison? It might be. Uh, for Shannon, Valentine, and Marissa, this has been Todd saying goodnight, and the truth is out there. Do or die, simper fi. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more from our other shows on the Medicinal Mass Network.